Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. Okay, sister, tell me if any of these things has ever happened to you. You found yourself wanting to be more productive, but you're kicking yourself because you just cannot focus for the life of you. Or you signed up for a networking event and then the day comes and you're just not in the mood to socialize. Or maybe you're sitting in on a call or watching a course or you're in a class, but you're busting with energy and sitting still is really hard to do. Okay, I think we've all been in one of those scenarios. But what if I told you that there's an easy button for this sense of energetic disconnection? And what if it all comes down to your cycle? Today's guest, Brooke Rosmanowski, is all about energetic time management and, as you'll hear in a moment, hormones have a big impact on your energy level in any given week. As women, we naturally have different hormonal flows that come with very distinct energy levels and your capacity for work or for activities can change throughout the month depending on where you are in your cycle. Before we get into my conversation with Brooke, though, here is this week's history lesson. Come with me and learn about the history of the lunar calendar. Okay, here's what we know about the history of the lunar calendar. It was probably first developed by the Sumerians. This is according to Britannica. The Sumerians were the earliest known civilization in the southernmost part of Mesopotamia. Each month began on the first day of visibility of the new moon. So for those of you who are not familiar, the new moon is when we can't see any moon in the sky at all. And the first day of a quote-unquote month would be the day after that new moon. Today, lunisolar calendars, those are calendars that take into account the moon, the seasons, and the constellations, are still used in South Asia, and the Jewish, Hindu, and Buddhist faiths also use lunisolar calendars. The average lunar month is approximately 28 days. Now you see why this is the topic for this episode, because there is something else that's approximately 28 days. There is energy exerted from the moon. That's a scientific fact. According to NASA, the moon and the earth exert a gravitational pull on each other, which affects the tides and other activities in nature. On the more spiritual and somatic side, each phase of the moon comes with certain energy, certain activities. So a full moon is said to be a time of celebration, of radiance, of intensity. The waning moon, so when the moon appears to get smaller after that full moon, is said to be a time to pay attention to detail, to complete tasks, and to clear spaces. The new moon, when we can't see the moon in the sky, is a time to pause, a time to rest, reflect, and practice mindfulness and presence. And then finally, the waxing moon, when the moon is ramping up and quote-unquote growing into that full moon, it's a time to move, put ideas into motion, and go on new adventures. 
I hope you enjoyed that history lesson. You can see with the 28-day moon cycle how that history lesson will fit in with my conversation with Brooke. But before I let you in on our conversation, here's a little bit more about Brooke Rasmanowski. Brooke is a functional clinical nutritionist and owns a nutritional therapy practice of women who support women in diving deep into the root reason they aren't feeling their best as they enter their 30s, 40s, and beyond, and to redefine what we can feel like as mothers, entrepreneurs, and so on. She works to uncover the reasons your hormones may be in dysfunction, your gut may not be feeling its best, or you may be struggling with weight loss resistance, and helps you turn it around so you can achieve the results you have desired physically and mentally. Mm, Such good work. Okay, here's Brooke Rosmanowski. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm excited to have you here. Um, so why don't you, why don't we start, tell people how it is that you came to do what it is that you do and who you help. Yeah. Um, I've been in the industry in the fitness, you know, health industry for over 15 years. And I started in my young twenties as a trainer. Um, and about midway through my career, I had some pretty significant life events happen that kind of like led me down the wellness space, um, from a personal standpoint. But I was starting to see a lot of that with my clients, especially my female clients, and that they were just in this place where they were feeling stuck, frustrated, you know, not totally getting answers, feeling like things were shifting in their body, not for the better, um, and just kind of being told it was just their age, or it was just maybe the fact that they had kids, or that's just kind of what happens when you get older. And my rebellious self always questioned that and was like, that that can't be the case. Um, and I remember after having our our daughter, I really felt how much women were just so unsupported when it came to like truly understanding their body. And it made me go back to school. I um, just finished and finishing a two-year program on being able to expand the way that we support our clients and support women and really being able to, you know, bring in the comprehensive lab testing and taking more of a functional approach. And a lot of that has really just led me down the path of like, really helping women to just feel more empowered in their body and understanding how your body's meant to feel um, so that you can really support it and and stop really like, you know, cursing the fact that you're a woman and, and cyclical or, or whatever that is um, and really starting to embrace like the power that really comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so great. I love, you know, how you said, you know, people are told, women are told, oh, well, that just happens. Like, oh, you've had a kid. So this is just life now, like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, like just accept it. This is just how you feel. And that's not really the case. Yeah. So so when people are noticing shifts, I mean, I imagine hormones has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just your body in general. I mean, yeah, after you have a kid, your body is a lot different. But there, it's not that there's nothing you can do about it. And even for women that don't have children, talk to us about the role of hormones and all of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's hormones I like to say are the signal really like they're they are going to be an outward reflection of how you're feeling your energetic mood all of those things that can come into play your hormones do play a large factor in that um when we're talking like you know well when we say like well my hormones are off like what supplement should I take and I'm like well hormones aren't always the root issue they are the signal they are the responder and they are the thing that we may experience the symptomatic side of there are other things that sometimes we want to look into if it really is becoming a problem, but they they really do control mood, energetic output, you know, day-to-day function, um, hunger signals. They really can play a huge role in all of that, as well as metabolic function. So 
when we're looking at hormones, the biggest thing I like to explain, especially to cyclical women is you're not meant to feel the same every single day of the month. And I think as soon as we can understand that alone, that can kind of take the pressure a little bit off of, you know what, it's okay that I'm a little bit more low energy today, or I'm not as like focused on that as I was last week. I think one is just removing that pressure can play a huge role. But, um, you know, as where a guy goes through similar hormones in a 24 hour period, we on average are going through those in a 28 day cycle. Um, that also doesn't mean that you have to feel horrible in certain times of the month mm-hmm. either. So what that really means is just tuning into and, and embracing and really knowing when I'm going to be in certain, like I call them power zones and other times where I need to go maybe a little bit more internal um, to support what my body is going through at that time frame and support, I like to say, my capacity um, mm. based on what my body is experiencing because your capacity is not going to be the same based on how you're feeling. So, you know, if you look at the right after you have your period, it it technically starts the day of your period would be called like your follicular stage of your cycle up until you have your ovulation. And what's happening in this time is your estrogen is rising, which estrogen to you is like testosterone to a guy. And I kind of call it like our superpower hormone. It makes us feel energized. Um, Primally, your body's very smart and it's doing this for a reason because it's leading you up to your ovulation, which if you wanted to have a baby, this would be when your libido is at its highest point, you're probably more in the mood, you're energetically feeling good, you're in a much um, different space than, you know, if your body was primarily trying to have a baby like right before your period, it probably wouldn't happen as often because you're not feeling your best. So your body's incredibly smart. It's going to make you feel good around that time frame. And And usually you're more focused, you're usually more social, you're usually more task oriented, you're usually like, this is when I like to give presentations, Uh, P.S. I'm in my follicular stage right now, so (laughs) I would record podcasts or, you know, do more things that are going to take more capacity out of me. Um, And then after ovulation, we feel a little shift start to happen and our progesterone starts to kind of take over your progesterone and estrogen do this little dance with each other. And, um, estrogen starts to come down a little and progesterone starts to take over. And this is when most women notice the biggest shift, I think in their cycle is, um, we went from this like power zone to like needing to go a little bit more inward. And we can sometimes start to beat ourselves up in this stage of our cycle and thinking that we should always feel how we did, um, when our estrogen was high and that's not the case, but your progesterone is a prothyroid hormone. Um, it actually can act as a little bit of a natural sedative. It's a feel good hormone. So it's a little bit more of a calming hormone. Um, and your serotonin actually comes down a little bit in this stage of your cycle too. We'll call it your luteal stage up until your period starts. And this can, if we're working, I always like to say like working out of alignment with our body, we can experience more anxiety. We can be more tired, exhausted, fatigued. Um, and we can actually be a lot hungrier. So things to keep in mind around this stage is that progesterone being a prothyroid hormone, you actually do need a little bit of a caloric increase in that stage of your cycle. Um, And you actually do, since it's a little bit of a sedative, need a little bit more sleep. So on average, women need an additional like 30 to 45 minutes of sleep in the stage of our cycle. 
And with our serotonin being lower, if you are a caffeine drinker, you may notice that it impacts you more in this stage of your cycle. So you may notice your anxiety is being more triggered, um, mood shifts being more triggered. So this is when I usually like to have women be strategic and proactive about supporting them in the stage of their cycle so they can feel really good and kind of tune into what their body's needing in that time. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and this whole concept is fascinating to me. I learned about it just a couple of years ago and it was like, like what this whole idea of performance and, you know, as a business owner or a professional where you think, you know, you're in that 24 hour or that weekly, you know, planning and execution and just giving things your all quote unquote. And then what I'm hearing from you is, and what I've learned is, you know, maybe you don't want to schedule a big presentation or, um, you know, a shoot or a something in the last week of your, of your cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, passion project for me would be to go into like high schools and educate younger women on this because, if I knew this in high school, like how much more grace do you think teenage girls would be able to give themselves and knowing how they should feel? But uh, yeah, it's, it's very much knowing, you know, and knowing what's within your control. One of the things that I really like to do personally that I started implementing when I knew this more was I was like, huh, why don't I take this and implement it into my schedule, right? Knowing how I'm going to be feeling going into each week. This way I can strategically schedule what's within my control based around how I'm going to be feeling. Like I can't control the fact that like I have a service-based business. So I can't just tell my clients, you know, for two weeks out of the month, I'm just not <laughs> going to be talking to anybody, right? right. Um, but I can be strategic about the extra things that are being added onto my schedule. So um I, my mentor and coach um, has something she coined called energetic time management. And I've kind of taken that to another capacity of she coins it as like, you know, really scheduling based on your capacity and your energy going into each day with like, what are my three priorities today? And if everything else falls apart, these three things are my priorities to focus on. And if I get those done, I it's accomplished, right? I don't have to check every single box. And starting out your week the same way. What are my main priorities this week? And what are the things that I need to get done? And you can start simply with that. But I also layer in your hormones. I look at my first thing is just track your cycle if you're not, right? Just really start to pay attention to and notice the trends and how you feel in your cycle. And then you can start to layer it into, I'll look at the beginning of every week on a Sunday and Side note, my husband also tracks my cycle, so he knows where I'm going to be at too. But <laughs> smart man. <laughs> yes, yes. But we'll sit down together for 10, 15 minutes on a Sunday and we'll say like, what's going on this week? What do the kids have? What do we have? What's going on in your business? What's going on in my business? What do our schedules look like? And then what are the extracurriculars that we're being asked to be committed to? And that's where I'll really say like, hey, I'm in this stage of my cycle. I know like ovulation is happening this week. So by the end of this week, I might be starting to feel a little bit lower energy and may not be up to being as social this weekend. Or I might feel like, you know what, that'd be a better tuned if we scheduled that in the beginning of the week, because I'm still going to be feeling really good based on where my cycle is going to be. And then like, as I'm coming up to period time, I can let them know like, hey, I'm actually going to take these couple days and have no commitments. And I'm just going to be resting. And this is what my schedule is going to look like. And here's where I need you to come in and support me, right? Or here's where I can have you help me. And 
it's made a massive difference in my mood, my energy, but also just ability to give myself grace of like, oh my gosh, I'm three days out from my period and I do need a nap today. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not a failure because I need a little bit of a break. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's so much that I love about this. I love the, I love the weekly meeting and just asking yourself, you know, that idea of energy, energy and capacity. So, you know, maybe there's a networking thing at your local, whatever, co-working space for women or whatever it is. And it's next Thursday. Well, today, I don't know what my energy is going to be like next Thursday, just by looking at the calendar. But if I'm starting to track my cycle, then I might get an idea of, okay, am I really going to be, we've all done that, right? You go to a networking event and you really just do not feel like being there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so depending on where you are cyclically, you can say, you can predict, you know, whether that would be a good fit for you in that, in any specific part of the month. Yeah. I think it's really tuning into, you know, I like to relate everything to a cup of water and every time that you have a little bit of a stressor, you're going to pour some water into that cup. And I like to, instead of the stressors, refer to it as like capacity, things that are taking capacity away from me. I have a five and a two and a half year old. Those things are going to take some capacity away from me in this stage of my life right now, because it's just an extra demand. And I own a business that's going to take some capacity. We have bills to pay. We have a home to keep up, right? So we, that's extra capacity as well. And, and then I have the physical stress and things, right? So in certain stages of my cycle, I have more capacity to manage and handle other things. And then in other stages of my cycle, it's really being aware of, um, you know, tuning into, I lean on my team or I'll say like, you know what, I just don't have the capacity for that this week. Let's revisit that next week. And it's, it's really setting a boundary with myself more than anything and looking at, no, I don't actually have to commit to that because that's going to wear me down. And I want to be able to show up as my best self. And I'm not going to be if I overextend myself in that. And so it's really just being honest with yourself of what do I have the capacity of? How are my hormones going to be to my benefit um, to support me in, in what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Wow. That's so great. So, so it sounds like an easy first step for anyone is to start tracking. Yes. It's probably one of the simplest things. And now since we're cyclical, you can't just track for a month and base everything off of that. I usually say 60 to 90 days and a minimum to start track and just really become aware of your trends. Um, trends tell us so much more when it comes to your hormones than just like one-offs. For example, like my cycle this last month in January was a little bit more off than it ever would be because I just came off of November and December where there was a lot of external stressors, stimulus, commitments, things like that, right? So my cycle is getting impacted this month because of that. Um, but it, that's why, you know, I can't base it off of just this month. So I have to look at the next, like, well, what is February like? What is March like? And then start to pay attention to the trends. But as you, as you track, you can notice like, all right, usually three to four days out from my period, I'm a little bit lower energy. And then you can start to become very aware of yourself. And I think mindfulness is key. The more mindful you can be aware of how your body is, the more in tune you can be with what you need and be able to communicate that better. Yeah. And, and speaking of mindfulness, I mean, the next question that came to me is, okay, what if you're not, what if you don't have a period? What if you're pregnant or you're nursing or for whatever reason, you know, it, you don't have one, how can we take advantage of, of our hormones if we're, if we, if there's nothing to track? 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you know, obviously in pregnancy, I actually just talked to somebody about this earlier who's pregnant. I said, you know, the second trimester is usually kind of like that, that follicular stage where you're feeling really good. Um, and then that third trimester is a little bit like that, um, luteal stage where like you're preparing for something that's coming. Um, and the first trimester, we just, we won't even talk about that because it's just all over the place. <laughs> But, you know, that's, you can kind of think of it that way and take advantage of like, all right, in my second trimester, I'm going to be feeling really good. That's usually when my energy is going to be at a peak. And then my third trimester, you know, I need to have some more things prepared because in my third trimester, I'm going to want to go internal and rest a little bit more. My body is going to be carrying more stress at this point because baby is getting bigger. It's going to take more of a demand for me to do things. So that's usually like, that's the time that where maybe you're asking for extra support or, or um, you have less capacity for things to take on. And then if you're nursing or you just don't have a cycle or you're, you know, premenopausal stage or menopausal, you can just really start to tune into um, those shifts. So just start to track like how you're feeling throughout a monthly basis, like or journal and just really start to pay attention to at the end of each day, do a 10 minute reflection of, I felt really high energy today, or I felt really low, or you can start to just kind of tune into like, all right, how many days did I feel that way for? Um, and just start to kind of notice the trends that are happening within that too. With the weekly check-ins, I plan out the week, but I also will do a little bit of an evening reflection for five, 10 minutes. And my husband and I will just sit down and be like, all right, what did we get done today? What's tomorrow look like? How are you feeling? And if you just ask yourself those three questions, it can really help you to just take a moment to pause and get away from the stimulus for a little while and really just be able to just go into the next day a little bit more prepared. Yeah. And like you said, setting, it's setting a boundary with yourself because maybe you, maybe, you know, the two and a half year old was up all night the night before. And so of course your energy is low. And so when you're doing that reflection, you know, your, 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 your mindfulness play, pay, plays a big part. Um, and so maybe you set a boundary for yourself for the next day, like, you know, that you have the sleep deficit. And so having some grace, having grace too, I think plays a big part into it. Yeah. You know, I always say this is a loose schedule, right? And I think that's sometimes the toughest part, but you can't um, take it. So like, well, nope, I'm on this day of my cycle. I should be feeling this way. And it, we're only doing this, right? Um, we had more extreme stressors for a couple of weeks. And that means that like, I'm in my follicular stage, but I'm still feeling a little bit like I'm recouping from those stressors. So I'm going to be a little bit gentle with myself of like, I may not feel like I normally do in this stage of my cycle for a week. And that's okay. Um, if you do have young kids and they're waking you up in the middle of the night, it is just being a little bit tuned of like, all right, I can follow this, but with an asterisk, right? There's going to be a little bit of a like um, modification Margin. of what's happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. So, so like bullet points for, for the listeners, <clears throat> follicular, our high energy is when, and our low lowest energy is when. Your follicular stage is when your estrogen's at its peak. So this is like post period up until your ovulation. And then luteal stage, I usually say about like 10 days leading up to your period is when your energy you can expect to be a little bit lower. Um, and you might need a little bit more restorative based practices in that time of your cycle. Um, so tune into that. So when you're, you're going to look at your schedule and you're planning things out, even with your workouts and things, just start to look at like, maybe I should be doing more restoration 
mm. in this time of my cycle here and schedule those things. Um, and then in this time, if I have the ability, this is when I'm going to be scheduling more of my like speaking events and podcast talking and, you know, more things that I need to be more focused and driven for. Yeah. So good. So interesting. Brooke, where can everyone find you, follow you, um, and let us know, you know, how you're, how you're serving women right now? Yeah. I'm probably on Instagram more than I should be. It's uh, <laughs> you can come hang with me there. Um, but that's probably the best place. So just come shoot me a message and um, you can share with me something that you took away from the podcast. And we work with women in a variety of ways, but we really work behind the like, okay, your hormones are feeling off. What are the things that are influencing your hormones? We do functional lab testing with our clients and nutrition and lifestyle support along with it. That's so great. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this knowledge with us. I, I hope that you get to get into that passion project one day because I feel like more women really would just be so much better off if we all had a knowing of this from, from when we were teens. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love Brooke and how simple she makes this. So to start letting yourself off the hook for those failed networking meetings and just those energetic mismatches, Step one, start tracking your cycle or just start tracking your energy each day. Then after a while, you'll be able to start noticing trends and you'll be able to maximize your productivity on those days where you really want to be productive and give yourself grace on those days where you just have no energy. I also love the book Do Less by Kate Northrup. She talks all about cyclical planning uh, and I'll drop a note in the show notes to that book. But of course, please give Brooke a follow or tune into her podcast, The Power of a Woman, to learn more about energetic capacity and how our hormones play into our daily lives. If you learned something new from my conversation with Brooke, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so we can keep bringing more intentional ease into women's lives. Thanks. I'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by The Legal Apothecary. Hey! That's my business. I'm a licensed attorney, and my practice is the Legal Apothecary, which is a female-forward holistic legal service for creative women that want to focus on growing their influence and their gifts. And part of the Legal Apothecary is the Legal Apothecary Library, where I sell easy-to-follow contract templates for you to use in your business. As a podcast listener, use code PODCAST for a 22% discount on any of the contract kits that you find in the Legal Apothecary Library. Link in the show notes.